0: Hello, I'm James Valentine. Welcome to my podcast, Headroom. A couple of things before we get going proper-like. At the very end of this podcast, stick around for a song. For some reason, I've taken to creating political kind of songs. Um, There was the Ballad of Barnaby Joyce a week or two ago. This one is called 30 News Polls. I've bunged it on the end, so enjoy. The other thing is, if you're listening to this before April the 7th in the Tamworth area, I'm going to be there doing a show It's called Afternoons Tonight. If you enjoy the podcast, you'll love the live show, so come along. If you're around the Wyong area before May the 5th, well, I'm going to be up there. That's on the central coast of New South Wales. Love to see you there. Otherwise, let's get into the podcast. Headroom is, look, it's an exploration of whatever's running about in front of me, really. And in the following podcast, I will be exploring the acceptance or otherwise of a profanity. So in this podcast, strong language will be used. The following will contain strong language. We're exploring the acceptance of a profanity, a profanity which in my youth was so powerful, we turned white if someone used it. It was never heard upon the stage or screen. It had no place in everyday life. But through my lifetime, it's become increasingly common. Characters utter it in plays and on television. It's used in lyrics and popular music. It's part of everyday discourse. It has four letters. The first one is F. It can be a noun, a verb, or an adjective. And if it has any particular meaning at all, it is used sometimes to describe sexual intercourse. But it can also be used to suggest that something is broken, that your prospects are finished, that somebody might go now, or that you're amazed. Yes, it is that multi-purpose, blunt, teutonic expletive known as the four-letter word, and if you were a poet, you'd rhyme it with duck. Now, all that is to give you plenty of time to go elsewhere if you don't wish to hear the word or the discussion about it. I don't see much point in muting or bleeping it. It's not Uttered that often through the podcast, but it is said out loud. So if that's not for you, there are another 33 episodes of Headroom that contain no swearing whatsoever. Otherwise, let's go! <laughs> Right now at the airport bookstore are three books encouraging me not to give an F asterisk CK. The life-changing magic of not giving an F asterisk CK. The subtle art of not giving a F F and all the rest of it. The French art of not giving an F mm, CK. They are the titles and that's what's printed on the cover. The F Asterisk CK. Look, I actually took the advice of all three and magically changed my life by giving a Gallic shrug and subtly not buying any of them. From the titles alone, I learnt not to give an F when somebody tells me not to give one. There is much to consider here, but like God, I'm going to go with the word. See, I once interviewed the author of The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F, and here's what I decided to do on air. Hello, Mark Manson. How are you? I, I'm good. I'm good. It's Thank good. you for coming along. Now, can I just clarify, just for, for all those listening, Mark, his book is called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a 4 Word, the F-Word, the F-Bomb. Just to explain to Mark, you know, we have a broad range of listeners. Around two-thirds of them would be very happy with the title of the book and would get it. But there's a third that, you know, I, I don't need to make them ruin their day. You well, know. in my country, yeah. I'm not even allowed to say it on here. Really? That. So... This is nothing new to me. Well, we had a bit of—I had a bit of a debate about it, and I yeah. thought because to me, like these, where where we we are definitely closer and closer to the tipping point of it being acceptable in this context where you've used it. You know yeah. what I mean? There's a go, yeah, sure, sure. Um, but it—I almo- almost thought the amount of time we'll end up using it <laughs> might be a bit much. And there's also that thing of, like, there's a lot of people listening this time of the day with little kids in the car and yeah, yeah. Sort of stuff, so I they understand. kind of go, Could you not, did you have to do that for half an hour, James? Yeah. You know, so, <laughs> so it's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a... It's what you'll find in the bookstore. We'll call it The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Toss. <laughs> So you can see now why I was struck by the prominence of the display of all these books. Because, as I explained, there are many who are close to indifferent to the word now, but there's still a sizeable population who are appalled that this word is now so increasingly common. So how, in an environment as bland and risk-averse as an airport bookstore, can these books be front and centre? Because to me, F asterisk CK seems like just a different way of spelling fuck. If offended by the use of the actual word and all its four letters, how does the asterisk make it acceptable? F word, F bomb, F dash dash dash, F dash dash -dash 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 K, F C U K, F asterisk C K, all to me are just other ways of spelling the world's most useful expletive. I'm assuming that when you see F asterisk, CK, or any of the other coy spellings, the word fuck rings out in your mind. I am assuming your brain doesn't come with a bleep setting. So therefore, I assume, if offended by the actual word, then surely you're just as offended by F, asterisk, CK. And so how can three books with F in the title be on prominent display in the middle of an airport? Through these narrow aisles, past children picking up puzzle books and Harry Potter. People of all ages, religions and beliefs. People seeking a magazine on crafts. People wanting to buy some mints. People who possibly do not season their language with F as much as I might. Yet the bookstore has obviously not received enough complaints to warrant pulling down these bestsellers from its shelves. So I start thinking, have those offended given up? Are there not that many that are offended? And while it remains a word that we wouldn't expect to hear in the 7pm news bulletin or on play school, is it now acceptable on bookstore shelves? I thought a good thing about working at the National Broadcaster is I have a linguist on hand with whom to discuss these matters. And, of course, when the linguist is on hand, one says, with whom? What do we do here now, Tiger Webb, if I'm broadcasting live on air or I'm making a podcast? Can I say the word fuck or do I have to say F-bomb?
1: We're asked to consider whether swear words, which we recognise are profanity and can cause harm and offence, whether they... justified by the editorial context that's kind of the 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 main thing our editorial policies which are wonderful and there's great notes you can read them Mm. uh, say about it and also to take so if
0: if, say we were quoting uh, a violent interaction somewhere and that's the language that was being used and we felt we had to quote it exactly yeah or or... if if
1: there have been cases in the past where the interpretation of certain taboo words in australian law are material to the outcome of a case right Uh, and in situations like that obviously it's editorially justified or when the fact that such harsh language is being used maybe by Mm. um hypothetical members of parliament who we'd expect better of that kind of thing then then that's maybe some examples and again these are all fictitious hypothetical so Mm. i'm not saying we would Mm. but that's the kind of stuff we take into consideration okay and the same thing is also just be aware that of community
0: standards Mm. is the other big thing Of course, in entertainment, in contemporary comedy and drama, characters use it all the time. I mean, in that, they're reflecting the widespread use of these words. Take a look at upper middle class bogan or get crackin' just to name the ones on the ABC. And at the movies, I, Tonya at the moment is attempting to outswear the Sopranos. Maybe you should pick another sport.
1: Suck my dick. The standards also change. Mm. Um, And I'm not totally across the bulk of the research on this, but I do... Uh, seem to recall that certainly movies, television shows uh, that once may have been classified M, M-A-R purely for having offensive words in them, right. coarse language, as is, is you remember, the thing they show you at the start of TV is saying, oh, caution, this might contain right. coarse language. Mm. We, we sort of think that's harmful. Oh. Um, they might have been given a, an R rating in the 90s. Now, maybe not so much. Indeed, Wolf of Wall Street, a uh, recent film, I think uh, two, three, four years ago oh. now, that is one of the movies that ha- says the, the F-bomb uh, 569 <laughs> times. So it's one of the, <laughs> the sweariest uh, movies oh. of all time that's not a documentary mm. about swearing. My fucking warriors will not hang up the phone until their client either buys or fucking
0: dies! It's not that long ago that a publisher of racy contemporary fiction would print d ed rather than Damned. Australians love to think
1: that we're a really subversive, Mm. uh, swearingly inventive nation. But we're also, actually, if you look at history, we're we're one of the most... authority-loving, uh, censorious, uh, Anglophile uh, countries in the world. I mean, oh. we banned Portnoy's Complaint. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we banned right. uh, not just Lady Chatterley's Lover until the 60s yeah, but yeah. even books about the trial to yeah, do yeah. with Lady Chatterley's Lover. And I think one big shift that people who are around today might even remember mm. is taboo words or profane words are specifically around cursing uh, God or mm. relevant right. monotheistic entity. Mm. Once absolutely taboo, mm. and you'd get in quite a lot of strife at your you know, Catholic boarding school for doing it. Mm. But now, I mean, every, it's basically mm. normal. We wouldn't get in trouble for
0: doing it. I mean, think of all the swear words that have lost their puff. Damn, darn, oh my lord, bloody, bugger, buggery, bloody hell, blast, heck, what the heck, tarnation, crap. And are we as worried about piss and shit as we once were? But back to the fuck, because we've also changed the ways in which we hide the word from never mentioning it to barely disguising it at all. One interesting style guide case is the
1: New York Times. Mm. The, the grey lady, the, the paper of, of record, right. uh, has had this long-standing injunction they would never print vulgarities, which I think seemed to make sense to them for quite a long time. Uh, they they used to say, instead of the, the F-bomb or the F-word or indecent language, whatever the, the mm. code we would say is, they would say uh, barnyard... Epithets? Barnyard? That was, that was the euphemism they used. And it was kind of like a joke for people who wake up and read The Times every day, right. is that you're on the lookout for the ways they get around,
0: which now just seem ridiculous. Mm. When the acceptable thing in a comic book, for example, was to use the uppercase line of the typewriter, the one with the dollar sign and the ampersand, and put them all together, what used to sound in my mind when I saw that was... But when I see F-CK... All I read is fuck. I can come at this in another way, which is to lament the overuse of the word. Part of its power is its restricted nature. The prohibition gave it punch, made it extreme, a word of last resort, a word to indicate seriousness. It had hostility and aggression. See, I actually think there's a difference between I don't give a fuck and I don't care two hoots. The lack of caring in the first is absolute. The lack of caring in the second sounds whimsical and mutable. One is milder than the other. Constant use is depleting the expletive. If it's now just a word that can be displayed on the cover of a book in an airport bookstore, oh fuck, where is thy sting? And really, in that, I'm using the same arguments as those who are offended by its use. This is a word too powerful for constant public airing. It should be restricted. Some don't want it used at all. I want it reserved for when I bang my head against an open cupboard door. You know when you come up suddenly and the sharp corner stabs into your skull? Oh bother doesn't cut it there at all. So it worries me that if fuck ends up with heck and damn and struth and crikey, then what do I reach for when I need the recoil of a well-deployed fuck?
1: Are we offended by anything anymore? It's interesting when they do do these surveys and when broadcasters like the ABC do surveys mm. to find out what the community finds most offensive, increasingly the big shift in taboo words seems to be words that are offensive on the base of uh, race, for example, Ooh. or gender specifically. Those are pretty uh, horrific. Or Also um, physical or intellectual d- d- disability right. is is one kind of area where... We're not seeing a, a lessening of the power of taboo words. And, in
0: fact, an increase in, in the power. There are descriptions that we would have used as, as children mm. that mm. are now completely offensive mm. to Or use. that the medical
1: literature, for example,
0: say, yeah. may have long since adopted. Yeah, right. Race. Mental health. Disability. Just allow some of those old-fashioned words to sound in your mind right now and feel their power and how unutterable they are. Still, the power of the old curse words holds strong. We're
1: coming up against some decades, some centuries, even depending on what form you're looking at, quite a lot of deeply held beliefs about that language has power, that certain words have power and that there is a corruptive power within language and certainly you don't want your kids saying X or Y for a bunch of practical reasons. They might get in trouble at school, they might go up Mm. and become quite foul mouthed in confrontations with police officers or Mm. medical professionals whatever. But also this idea that just saying it is somehow morally a a negative or an Mm. ill... Um, we, it's very hard to shed those, <laughs> those, mm. those deeply held beliefs, um, and certainly classification boards or the 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 regulatory authorities of, on language do have a hard time catching up with uh, with mores. Mm.
0: In a few years' time, will the word be spelt out in full in the bookstore? Will we stop being so coy? Well, I imagine it will, because it was unimaginable only a few years ago that you could have a book that looked like a kid's book called Go the Fuck to Sleep, or a lyric in a popular song like Little Lion Man from Mumford and Sons that says he really fucked it up this time. And it's said out loud. It's sung and it's proud. Well, after that, then where? It's in the young adult literature, but what about a book for kids for primary school age? A Dahl-esque or Walliams-type romp with perhaps a foul-mouthed villain? Or a kid who swears too much because his parents do? What about an ad? A bank ad at the cinema? Or a car or a shoe or a drink trying to appeal to a particular audience? Can't be far off. It all changes. The attitude that those who use such words have a poor vocabulary has been destroyed by the number of great speakers and writers who use it along with a whole bunch of $10 words. Maybe its power is still strong, but we've stopped protecting the sensitive ears of the ladies or feeling as though these words were only used by sailors and bikies. In other words, we've stopped being so snobby about it and decided that these words have power and punch and we should all use them. So if we get to a point in the future where it's being dropped in a superannuation ad or at a kid's birthday party, what's next? A whole new word? This podcast was made by me, by radio producer Jen Fleming, by technical producer Matt Hiley, who features in the next moment on this podcast as well. (laughs) What's coming up is a special bonus thing. I've been doing these songs for some reason. This one is called 30 News Polls. It It highlights what may be preying somewhat on our Prime Minister's mind right at this very point. It's written by me, performed by me, except for... Matt Hiley on the drums Yeah Well I was born one more a tiny flat now i'm drawn in the paper with a big top hat i'm rags to riches went to all the good schools i think it's pretty clear i was born to rule but 30 news polls that's all i got when they are done i'm the rooster in the pot and you know what's crazy i'm the one to blame because i'm the son of a gun who made the rules of this game Let go. Were hanging by a thread turned to me I said Unless you wanna be dead There was nothing left to lose Everything to gain And everyone was happy when I began to rain But 30 news polls That's all I got It seemed like forever Now it don't seem like a lot I'm counting the days It's like a real bad habit That breath on my neck That'd be Tony Abbott's the right and the left and those in the middle got the greens and the crazies wanna grill me on the griddle can't please them all every time i've gotta choose lord it would be easier to herd kangaroos that 30 news polls, that's all I got. When they're done, I'm like a fly, they'll swat. Well, let them come, cause I'm ready to rumble. They'll go down with me, all my names not trumble. Well, here's what I did. A short span, the gays can marry on sex. I put a ban if I have to go, it will be quite a wrench. Sitting with Barnaby and Tony on the back bench, yelling, 30 news polls, that's all you got. 30 news polls, you know, you gotta keep it hot when St. Peter comes down and says, You gotta go. Tell him you sold your soul to News Limited.